la la. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And we are the hosts of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are breaking down every single episode of Seinfeld as we watch it, reliving this amazing show. That's right. It's a trip down memory lane for all of us 90s kids out there. You can find Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and Patreon. La la la. Welcome back to Action Action, the podcast that watches all the action movies. We put them on our list. It is very big. We've been doing this for too long. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God, Dustin. Yeah. Dustin. Just staring into the void. <laughs> Dustin, I'm st- Dustin, I'm staring in the void, man. I need you to pull me back. <laughs> we got too many movies. So many. Uh, my name is John. I picked this movie. You did. Who are we? The people with me are, as always, James. Yep. And Dustin. Hello. Hey. <laughs> Hello. I guess these are the... Uh, we're fun. We're here. We're excited. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> I'm exhausted, as always. Thank you guys so much for listening. This is Action Action. <laughs> Where we watch all the action movies, put them on our list. Sometimes they sink. Sometimes they swim. Sometimes they swim. <laughs> you know, sometimes we agree, sometimes we don't. Before we get into this movie, which is called Ronin, let's find out what we've been up to. Dustin, can oh you give me a quick, succinct <laughs> no. list yeah. of things that you have watched yeah, this well, week? It is a regular feature called Seek and Destroy. Sink or Swim. Swim. Uh, well, we are in November now, guys, but I did uh-huh. finish up some uh, October I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm uh, some sorry. October watchings. I'm sorry. It's called, <laughs> not to be a libtard, uh, it's called Movember. <laughs> sorry. Movember? Oh, we, they still do that? Yeah, it's where we only watch movies with people with mustaches. Oh. It's the Burt oh. Reynolds week. Did month. anyone have a mustache in this movie we watched? Um, oh, Jean, Jean Renault. Did he Jean, have one? Jean Jean. Don't all French people have mustaches? <laughs> yes. Like, e- <laughs> even if they don't, I think that's confirmed. Don't you remember them with a mustache? Absolutely, and it's like a little bit twirly. Uh, okay, so I did. I did watch a few more horror movies. Actually, James dropped by and uh, we watched a couple horror uh-huh. films. Sure at did. The end Demons? of October. We watched Demons. Demons. 1985. Fantastic movie. That was a fun one. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen it a few times. Was that was the first time watch for you? Yeah. Yeah. First time watch. Uh, long time. First time, long time. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was really good. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Didn't know what to expect. Lots so. of gore and hilarious demons crawling out of people's bodies and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. It was really good. Some pus. <laughs> so, so, definitely some pus. Uh, good soundtrack. There's just a lot of fun stuff going on in that movie. Um, I watched a movie called Baby Blood. <laughs> yes, Baby Blood. <laughs> this is a French horror movie from 1990. Sounds fantastic. 
uh, a thing crawls up inside this lady and she becomes pregnant and uh, then it starts talking to her and it just talks to her like an adult and then it wants her to kill people and feed it blood. <laughs> that was pretty fun. It's like, <laughs> kill them, mother. Uh, here's a destroy for you. I watched this slasher movie from 1980 called He Knows You're Alone. Tom Hanks's first film appearance. He's only in like one scene really in this movie. He is the sole bright spot in, the, in this whole movie. It is so bland. It's about some guy who's mad that his wife left him on his on their wedding day. So he goes around and murders women who are about to get m- married and they're all the people like in their wedding party. And yeah, that sounds actually like incredibly. It actually like, sounds better than it is. It's when a, I well, say it out loud. It sounds very modern. Yeah, it was it was very boring and like the killer was super generic. There was there was nothing mm-hmm. special about it. They had like this really lame synth attempt at a Halloween esque score that was really bad. Uh, not 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 great. Uh, but I did watch this really good Jalo to near the end of Halloween called uh, "Your Vice Is a Locked Room and Only I Have the Key," which is a mouthful. Uh, this is that a crazy sounds movie. Sounds like a emo album <laughs> yeah could be that could be like yeah. that is like a, that is a taking back sunday song <laughs> dashboard confessional wrote this album well that's the funny thing about the giallo movies they always have like either a really long title or like a one word title so it'd be like torso or oh. seven bloodstained orchids and stuff like that <laughs> cramps uh this one's really crazy um there's like a an evil cat in it that keeps attacking this nice. woman. Now I'm thinking like, your blood smells uh, sweet to us, doesn't it, darling? Yeah, that sounds like one. Uh, there's like some orgies in this. There's some lesbian stuff, some incest, some jewel heists, Sick. some a little wow. bit of a little wow. bit of everything. Yeah, Feels I'd like say. You, I'm sorry. Are you trying to just like are you like you've got the the lure? It's in the water. Uh, I'm definitely interested. James, James is, is interested. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying you've already chummed the water. James is already like nibbling at the hook. Lesbian orgies. Boop, 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 boop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, that bobber's dancing, isn't it? Uh, I thought that one was really fun. It was really crazy. Um, and a lot of a lot of twists and funny reveals and stuff. But yeah, not too bad. Uh, other than that, I watched the first episode of this new Vice series, Tales from the Territories. It's mm. produced, I think, by The Rock. Yeah. Uh, have you seen? You guys seen any? What of is no, I that do about? know about this. I, yeah. I, so it's it's a a show about the old territory days of wrestling. Oh, okay. And so each episode, I think they're focusing on a different. They focus on a different territory, and they just have people who are around that were part of that, who either wrestled or were promoters or whatever, and they sit around and tell stories. That's the, cool. From the territory days, yeah. So I just watched the first episode. There's a, there's three or four of them out already. Uh, and it was really good, so I'm gonna I'm gonna keep watching those. Sweet, pretty fun, yeah. Crazy stories. Oh, I bet. <laughs> uh, one about Jerry Lawler or was involved with. Uh, they were in this fight with this other guy who was trying to shake them down or something, and uh, the one of the guys like had to rip out the guy's eyeball. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> in the ring. <laughs> So he had to. Well, he was like this guy like came in the ring to try to kill him because they thought Jerry he, Lawler. No, no. Well, Jerry Lawler was involved in the match. The other guy that he was fighting is the guy that had to tear the guy's eyeball out. They came and they started like hitting him with a pipe or whatever. And so he's like, oh, I was actually afraid for my life. Like, I thought this guy was going to kill me. And so somebody had taught me when I was younger, like a oh, one way you can either like 
try to try to bite the jugular or you can try to like snatch their eyeball out so i did that <laughs> and he like actually ripped the guy's eyeball out. oh my god <laughs> yeah wow uh, then the guy whose eyeball got ripped out like went to the back and got a pipe and came back and kept trying to like fight him even though he's like bleeding out of his no longer has an eye. Wow, fantastic! Those were the days, eh? Those were the days. <laughs> that is great, <laughs> James. What have you been watching? All right. Well, uh, I did watch. Uh, I came over to your house, Dustin, and we also watched The Burning. Right. Yeah. Camp Summer's Camp Slasher with the. Uh, with George Costanza. Yeah, Costanza. Yeah, Can't stands yet. James came over a day or two after, and we, we talked about it, and it's like, wow, this, this fucking movie's got a lot of people in it. Yeah, it had the, has the, the lady from Bloodsport as well. Some in sweet there. Weinstein action. Yeah, written, yeah. Co written by Harvey Weinstein. Oh, and his brother. And, and you can tell throughout the movie. <laughs> It's trying to normalize pervy behavior. It is. It was really funny to watch it knowing that he co-wrote it. Yeah, it's um, very... It's kind of weird. Like, there's a scene where somebody is, like, being, like, a peeping Tom in a in the girls' showers. And then throughout the movie, they're just like, it's okay. Like, he's, he's just... He's just a little weird. He's just a little weird. It's okay. Yeah, except for, like, you think about this, so, like, I'm thinking about, like, um, if you watch... Police Academy One. Mm. There's a there's there's a scene in that movie which is just like him staring at like women recruits, right? Oh yeah, in the show. I mean, like this por is Porky's a, was a whole genre. Yeah, right? like, this <laughs> is a this is a whole like thing. Yeah, but it, but it's it's not like that because oh, okay because like uh, once it's, he's discovered that he's doing this the. The women are like, get him out of here. Like, he needs to be kicked out. And the guys are like, no, we need to circle around him and protect him. He's, oh, he's okay. okay. So was this made last year? <laughs> so this is a modern movie. It's relevant. It's relevant. I mean, so other than that, it's it's kind of a weird movie. Yeah, I kind of like it because it spends a lot of time just like doing the summer camp part before yeah. it gets into before the slasher it gets into part. The I kind of like it. They're, um, it speaks you know, to they, me. They, they, like, they... They protect their own. Yeah, well, no, but there's lots of funny um, shit. In there. There is funny lots characters of funny shit. and stuff. Uh, and then I watched Glazer. Barbarian. Sorry, <laughs> Glazer. Barbarian. Yeah, Barbarian. Tell us about it. Uh, well, I went into it not really knowing anything about it. It's the best way. Um, very interesting. I would say the first half. Uh, it started kind of slow, uh, for me, but then. As as they got going and it, it like got into the, like the tunnel and in the basement and mm -hmm. stuff, I definitely got my like adrenaline going. Yeah. I was definitely amped up. His dick was hard. <laughs> Oof, not so yet. Hard. Not, not yet. yet. Not until the mother comes. <laughs> not until out. the mother comes out. Mother comes out. Matches the guy that I I was I didn't know who he was and then John's like, you know, it's Skarsgård. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. James had I'm no like, idea that was a scar scar. And I'm like, what the fuck is with this guy? I never know he's in a movie. <laughs> and then I'm like, what the fuck? James? I thought that was really smart casting. I mean, and spoilers a bit here for Barbarian, if you don't want to hear him jump ahead a little. But like, I thought that was smart casting because you see him and you like for me, I automatically assumed, oh, he's like a bat. He's going to be a creep. Right. Mm. But then they swing in a totally different direction uh, with it. So I think it was smart in terms of 
playing with expectations, audience expectations. Oh, I think they did a really good job with Barbarian. We did we talk about this? Last yeah, we last did. Week? We did talk about it. Um, I really enjoyed the movie. I think that they break the, it up like in a really smart way. I yeah. mean, modern horror is, I think, really fun. And it's done in a complete different way. Yeah, this. I mean, certainly this one had an interesting approach that I thought worked well for it. Yeah, I think this is like kind of shows the like, oh yeah, horror has a through line where the things can be done differently, and like. Yeah, I mean, you gotta do you gotta do something to set yourself apart, right? Like, yeah, I thought it was unique and and different. Um, I was like thinking, like, oh, okay, is this gonna be like, um, like the descent style, like people that live. Right. Underground. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Little disappointed that there was only really the one right. woman and then the old man. Yeah. Uh, I was hoping like there was like a family and a small child. Could have done, done with it. Small... Oh, that's the sequel. Is that turns out there's a family of oh. muties down there. Yes. <laughs> well, they, I don't think they. Can. I think they fucked themselves in a little bit of a way by not exploring that. Like they 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 made a very clear through line. To being like, there's her habitat area and mm. then his. Right. Uh, and I think she's barren. Yeah. That's I mean, why she, That's yes. why it's the whole. But as we know in horror sequels, you don't have to really give a shit. I, know. I, might, be, I might be kind of drunk and just like not picking up on like that you already were thinking that. Sorry. All you really need in the second one is you have like a really quick scene where the other creatures other humans but the other humans <laughs> down there just are in the shadows and see the like at the end of the movie yeah well i think they can do a, a and then the cops come and they start killing all the cops <laughs> i think they can do a prequel about the serial killer i don't want to see that movie yeah, I want to see the creatures. Yeah. I want to see the creatures, the humans, the creatures who are humans, <laughs> who are humans, <laughs> down there. Yeah, maybe there's others that were the same age as her, roughly the same age as her. There's a whole like there. underground network that leads to City Hall, and this is like this whole, <laughs> it's like this whole thing with City Hall and politicians. <laughs> James is all about and power <laughs> dynamics. <laughs> And see, uh, like, and then by the end of the second one, one of them is running for well, city council. Well, because because what they want to do is they want to drive. No one's representing the muties of this town. <laughs> they want to drive down certain communities, right? So developers can come in mm-hmm. and build. So they use these muties <laughs> to come in and like eliminate people in the community. I think muties is the preferred nomenclature, isn't it? <laughs> muties. I mean, <laughs> it's definitely greenlit. <laughs> to go. Yeah, so James. At Netflix. <laughs> yeah. So James right is Netflix. writing the new. He's writing Barbarian 2 right here on this show. Rise of the Muties. <laughs> Does that, did you watch anything else, James? No, that's it. Oh, I did watch, you know, I'm still watching Andor, which oh, yeah. I don't know why you guys aren't watching it. Okay, I'm going to start. I'm going to start soon. <sighs> you say that every week. Yeah, but, but Halloween's over, so now I can start. <laughs> and uh, honestly, this last episode, I was like, holy fuck, shit's getting real. It's getting crazy. Uh, I just love the story. It basically has like, other than the structure of, you know, like the empire and all that stuff, 
there's like nothing really that ties it to any of the other Star Wars right. stories. Nice. So it's like... Watch uh, Luke Skywalker shows up in the last episode. <laughs> oh, fuck. Then I'll be like, I'm done. I'm, out. I'm done. John. Uh, so yeah, so uh, I read a bunch of comics this week, actually. Um, <clears throat> I've been a big fan of... Uh, what are you trying to prove? <laughs> you're better than me? You said so you're better than me? <laughs> do you know who... Um, uh, James Tinian the fourth is. I have heard the name, but I don't, I'm not sure that I've actually read anything by him or not. So I'm reading something's killing the children, uh, a comic that was recommended to me years ago oh, yeah. at the comic book shop. Um, and I picked them up and I was like, Oh yeah, these are cool. And I kind of just like, wasn't thinking about them. And in the past week I've read now four trades. Oh wow. And I'm a, pretty big fan like they're really fun what uh what kind of a story uh, so it? it's kind of like this like there's this thing where there's like um there's a there's a there's a people who are protecting you know like almost society there's monsters and there's people who fight against the monsters and uh the people who fight against the monsters are very happy to let the monsters exist the the and kind of cover it up whereas some of the people involved in this this are like more oh so it's not like general knowledge to the public that no there the some of the people involved the people the, the people we're following are more like no people need to know about this but also like we should be protecting them and not just killing everybody um so it's like that kind of Jam. I don't want to give too much away. It's it's super fun. Read read them. I'll put it on the uh, the list. And White Lotus is back. Yeah, I never watched the first season of that show. It's what is the deal? Like, it's people that hang fan. out at a hotel or something. Well, the, it's pretty much just like rich people tragedy porn. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like you're just watching like rich white people just kind of like almost suffocate on their own vomit yeah kind of in a, <laughs> I mean in, in a huge way that's like like metaphorically that's kind of what it is like because they're just like suffocating upon their own grossness so then the new season just started mm. to date this podcast mm. I'm, we've mm. watched one episode it's pretty interesting um yeah I don't I have a lot to talk about I, you know like like always. I don't really want to talk about a lot, but it's kind okay. of where I'm at. What I want to talk about is like the vomit inducing. <laughs> where are you going with that? <laughs> this is a tie. If you were the passenger for some of these car chases and thrown in, <laughs> if you were Sean Bean, right. Sean Bean throws up. He throws up in this movie because he's a pussy, <laughs> as we learn. So just like Sean Bean. You'll throw up if you watch Ronan and you're not ready. <laughs> well, okay. No, I was they, thinking it's like on the bo- that's on the box. Vomit inducing orgy jerk off fest that is. <laughs> that is Ronan. That directed is Ronan. by John Frankenheimer. <laughs> the John A. The John Frankenheimer jerk off fest. I don't mm. think John Frankenheimer 
is a very sexy director. What are but, you talking about? Look at that hair. Oh. <laughs> that hair was set in 1961, and it has not moved. <laughs> That's not a diss. It looks good. All right, so Ronan. <laughs> That's the movie we're talking about. Ronan. Is there a trailer? I'm sure there is. Let's hear it. Did you ever kill anybody? I hurt somebody's feelings once. Five professionals. Oh, I know you. I don't think so. It's a small world. Not in my experience. Hired for a mission. This is what we're after. To recover a package. We need to take it intact from several men who will be intent on preventing us. Nice. My kind of job. That some are willing to die for. Relax, darling. Just a game. Could you take a picture of me and my wife? Get the background. Guy goes for the case. Other guy's protecting the principal. Oh, they're good. And everyone is willing to kill for. I want $100,000. I want it up front. I want another 100000 when you get the case. All good things come to those who wait. Target is on the way. We've gotten the word. We're moving. Come on, let's go. You don't want to go in there. Get out of here. Walk away. Walk away. How did you know it was an ambush? That's the first thing they teach you. Who taught you? I don't remember. That's the second thing they teach you. We've made a good plan, and we're going to stick with it. What's this girl work for? Are you afraid? Of course I'm afraid. You think I'm reluctant because I'm happy? Who are our employers? I'm not under any obligation to let you know. If you are not, then the price has got to go up. It's not going to happen. That girl sold us out. We're following the wrong people. From director John Frankenheimer, Robert De Niro, Jean Reno, Natasha McElhone, Stellan Skarsgård, Sean Bean, and Jonathan Price. I won't hurt you. Ronin. You worried about saving your own skin? Yeah, I am. That was my body. So, Ronan is a 1998 action thriller. This movie's two hours and one minute long, folks. It's got 7.2 on IMDb, a 69% on Rotten Tomatoes, a 67% on Metacritic. Oh, Metacritic. Deirdre puts together a team of experts that she tasks with stealing a valuable briefcase, the contents of which are a mystery. The international team includes Sam, an ex-intelligence officer, along with Vincent, Gregor, and others. As the operation gets underway, several team members are found to be untrustworthy, and everyone must complete the mission with a watchful eye on everyone else. This fucking thing kind of loses a little bit of tension near the end of the description. (laughs) Was that an IMDb description? That's a a weird one. IMDb, it says a freelancing former U.S. intelligence agent tries to track down a mysterious package that is wanted by the Irish and the Russians, which totally gives away too much. (laughs) I agree with James's like summation, though. This is like off of Google. Yeah, I mean, that one was a little more concise, I feel like, the IMDb. Mine so, was the, wor- the least sexy way of talking about it. <laughs> it was very weirdly worded, that one. Like, you're supposed to get that he's a U.S. intelligence agent? Or I, something? I thought I he was, that. like, ex-CIA. Well, he says he is ex, but he's lying. 
uh, as we learn in the movie. Uh, had you guys seen this movie before? Yeah, a while ago. I watched this movie in theater when, when it I came was out. Like six years old. <laughs> uh, that makes James me feel was, old, James. James was in utero when this movie <laughs> when this was when this dropped. Uh, James, you were born in 1985. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. (laughs) Well, he liked liked it in there. He stayed in for a while. Yeah, Yeah. this movie came out. I loved it. I fucking watched this movie. This movie was like the cool, one of the coolest films you could watch when I was in high school. Um, Car Chases. Jean Renault being fucking cool and badass. Robert De Niro. Yeah, De Niro He's a before, person that we knew about. <laughs> well, this is De Niro before sort of he starts the, sl- the sort of slide. Yeah, this is De Niro before he slides into uh, Grandpa's Grandpa day. roles, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, this movie was like super cool. Um, it's a, it was like it was like a high paced action thriller that we all watched. Um, the car chases like this movie. I think made Audi. In a lot of ways, like everybody I knew loved Audis, and I think a lot of it had to do with this film. Well, yeah, it certainly showcases Audis and and some BMWs and different like cool Euro cars, Cit- uh, like a Citroen and stuff like that. I think it's also the first time I ever saw Sean Bean. Um, I think it might have been the first time I saw Stellan Skarsgård. Well, you probably saw them before, but probably didn't take but note I didn't of them. Take yeah. note of them, yeah. Like Sean Bean <laughs> plays a very prominent role. Um, He's only in it for a little while, but he is very like memorable role. Memorable. Yeah. Um Stellan Skarsgard, I don't think I knew who he was before I saw this. Didn't know Stellar Skateboard? <laughs> Did you? No, I probably didn't know his well, if I didn't know his name, I, I might have recognized him, but he uh he definitely is I don't know, pretty fun in this. Uh, but did you know him before this is what I'm asking? Oh, I can't remember for sure. Probably not. This wasn't a cool movie for me. When it came out, no, this wasn't like a no. James no. was too busy betting. He was too, too busy betting chicks. <laughs> so it was, was like it was on the football team. Night James, at the Roxbury, you know, was more my style. In nineteen, in, sorry, in, more in, of a Ace Ventura two when nature in calls kind yeah. of guy. Rush Hour. Are you just looking up nineteen ninety eight movies? Enemy of the State. Holy shit. <laughs> These are all movies that I've watched and I can actually like talk very, very specifically about. Uh, Waterboy. <laughs> you can do it. Half-Baked. Okay, classic. When he kills that horse. Uh, Patch Adams, guys. Come on. <laughs> I never How come watched... we haven't reviewed Patch yeah, Adams on the show? The fuck? <laughs> have you guys seen Patch Adams? Yes. yes. I've never seen uh, it. Out of Sight. I no, that's a good one. Love no, that's that. a good one. That's possibly the best movie that came out that year. Be up there. Wedding Singer. Wedding Singer and Waterboy, same year, right? Eh? Yeah. Oh, man. Sandler was pumping Wedding them Wedding Singer rules. Yeah, so, I mean, there was a lot going on in 98. You yeah. we were also, like, what? I was, 13? like, 21. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't? You were, like, 13 years old. In 98? Yeah, maybe I was Let's 13. Do the math. What do you mean, maybe? Yeah. It's th- up for debate. So you were 13 <laughs> or you were 21? Well, don't you remember I went away for a while and you then I came back? You were born in 1985. <laughs> I don't know. Who can say? I lost my birth certificate. So, so James is, prove it. James is 61 years old right now. <laughs> God. Um, 
So yeah, I watched it at some point. I didn't watch it when it came out. I think I watched it sometime in the mid 2000s. Okay. And uh, I thought it was kind of, eh, yeah, I was all right. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh my God. Oh my God. This movie is amazing. You weren't a huge Frankenheimer fan at the point? <laughs> I can't name any of his movies. Well, we've done reindeer, reindeer games on the, on the show. No uh, wonder I Often can't. looked at as one of his mm, worst. Interesting reindeer games. Once mm. again, a movie that James and I saw in the theater. Uh, With the Kush? Oh, I saw that one too. We saw it in With the With the Kush. You guys were smoking Kush? Ashton Kush is in it. Oh, yeah. No, actually, James and I were pretty high on Afghan Kush at that point. <laughs> uh, well, Frankenheimer, you know, he did the original Manchurian Candidate. Uh, he did a thriller called Seconds that I've been meaning to watch and haven't gotten around to. Seconds. Um, and then, of course, you know, later in his career, he did some some stinkers like Reindeer Games and the Island of Dr. Moreau remake with uh, Marlon Brando and Val Kilmer. Uh, so he's an interesting career. Uh, this movie, though, yeah, like you, John, I remember thinking this was pretty awesome when it came out. Yeah, uh, I loved it. I I really thought this movie was amazing. I think that all of my friends thought it was amazing. I think that like we watched the after watching in the theater, and then we we, we rewatched it on um, like on DVD multiple times. Like yeah. just being like the car chases, like mm-hmm. everything, the intrigue. The was, car chases are okay. They're car not, chases are pretty they're awesome. They're pretty sick, uh, dude. They do a. Are you serious? <laughs> dude, this, yeah, they're they're all right. The car chases in this movie are. No, they're, they're no they're born, awesome. you know, born identity. Uh, well, I mean, I feel like that's the funny mm. thing. So there's kind of a circular thing going on here where. This is very much in the vein of a born type thing. Yeah. Born identity with Matt Damon didn't come out till I don't know 4 years after this or something. Mm-hmm. But Greengrass? But this movie was definitely inspired by like the Robert Ludlum born books cuz the the character they yeah. keep referring to uh oh who hired you oh the guy in the wheelchair they say is actually a reference to the born novels. Oh, okay. There's some character like that in those. And so it's kind of funny that this movie came out first and then Born Identity, you know, has the same kind of feeling in it. But mm-hmm. it came yeah, out and later. I would say that, that this movie actually is, is it heat before heat or after it's heat? It's after heat. But it has, like, it has a bit of heat vibe. It has too. a heat vibe to it. Like it just, it can't pull it off. Like Frankenheimer just isn't as good. Well, I don't think he's going man. for exactly the same kind of thing as they're going for in here. Yeah, but there's, I feel there's like they some, are going there's for some like similar flavors. There's a lot of like heat vibe in this film that I wasn't like I I, I saw it, but I was like James isn't gonna like this. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I got a lot of Mission Impossible. Yeah, vibes. there's also that there right because this is a couple years after that first Tom Cruise Mission Impossible. Um, well, Mission Impossible was like '96, I think. Yeah. So it so there's it, a little of that here too. Yeah, isn't sure. uh, what is it? Jean Reno. Jean yeah, Reno. he's also in that. Yeah, I was waiting for him to stab somebody and leave his knife. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, so but this is, is actually gonna be one a, of, is he going to be like a bad guy? That this is one yeah. of the rare times when Jean Reno is like not a horrible piece of shit. Also, way too trusting. I don't know. I kind of like their friendship. How I do quickly too. it develops. I do like, too. They, they automatically like they connect with each other really quickly. They kind of just there's something to like about each other that they are comfortable with and trust. Well, so that's the thing about De Niro like and him. De Niro. Though, what I love about him, his character in this film, though, is how much 
his character wants to just be like exist in the background. Like it's just like he he wants to be in the background. He doesn't want to be a, a bother. He kind of just wants to like go along with everything, and he keeps getting sucked into being more of a leader. <laughs> well, he has to. He has to be right. He has he, to be because first of all, he just is that guy. But also, like, the people that are on the team, some of them aren't that experienced, as we learned, like, with Sean Bean, where he's he plays it so good, too. Okay. So oh, he's yeah. just, like, you know, he's the, he's the try-hard. He's a fucking poser, right? Yeah. So, but then the question goes, though, then, is that, is, like, could he ever be in the background? Like, is it just, like, he's destined to be the leader? Like, it's, like, this, like... This character just naturally that, where like, he goes, right? Yeah, he doesn't want to be there. He's like trying to just like exist. Well, at first he's ignoring Sean Bean, right? Like Sean Bean's always trying to say some shit and uh well what kind of what kind of guns do you like? What kind of guns do you want to use and all this? Or he's like you see Sean Bean continually trying to take control of these meetings where they're planning how they're gonna you know, uh, yeah, uh, ambush these guys to he steal this case. He talks about the ops, and it's like, and then De Niro comes in, and he's like, he erases the board, and he's like, well, that's later. Again. That's later once he's like had enough of this guy's bullshit, right? Yeah, but okay, so that scene where he draws on the board, as soon as he put, yeah, we're gonna have a guy here and a guy mm-hmm. here. I'm like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. I've watched it's enough movies to a... know how to kill people. <laughs> yeah. Is what it's James just, is thinking. It's so obvious. Like, that's so stupid. <laughs> so, have you ever watched a movie? Don't you know tactics? So, my yeah. question, James, I've is, watched so many movies. James, how confident are you uh-huh. that you could kill an unsuspecting group of people? Um, that's a dark place, John. I don't know if I'm You're, prepared to go I'd there. I'd say I haven't thought about it before, but... Well, <laughs> on a okay, scale of one okay. to ten, how... All right, I got a nine-point plan. Okay, nine. Nine. Okay, nine not with ten. A, with a couple of addendums. Tens for suckers. One, wake up. <laughs> wake it's, up, okay? I'm going to tell you this. Two, media lies. It's going to go one to nine, and one is waking up, nine's going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Actually, number four. There's some that, other. That's going to be putting a lot of the other people to sleep, if you know what I mean. Um, but yeah, so I like the dynamic of the group. You know, you got Stellan Skarsgård. Uh, we've got that little tricky move that De Niro does. He does two tricky moves with his coffee at, at different points there to like. He's like, suss, I just am- some stuff out. I just ambushed you with a cup of coffee. Yeah, Sean yeah. Bean. You, you dumb, idiot. You dumb fuck. I'm he surprised he didn't skip, um, come I, back later because that's totally a I trope. absolutely agree. I feel yes. like... I actually couldn't remember if he did or not, and I was like, yeah, he's Sean Bean's going to show up and try to yeah, like, fuck Yeah, you totally think shit. he is. But he should have showed up back with fucking... Um, Gregor? Stellan? The Russians. He Sean Bean should have shown back up with fucking Irish Helen Hunt. Natasha McElhone, yes. Deirdre? Uh, yeah, but why would she allow him back? Because it should have been they should were should have been working, like a setup kind of. Thing. It should have been a setup. Like he was the inside I don't man. Know. I don't know if you need it though. Like we're all expecting it and waiting for it, and that's but th- that's because we know who Sean Bean is, and like you know, after this movie, he became a bit more of a prominent actor. No, yeah, yeah. Like we've in, seen him in a lot of in roles. National Treasure, and so you think okay. he's going to get used in a, a certain way. In National I, Treasure, you think he's like he wants to find the the no, stuff, and he's a good guy, but, but he's a I'm, bad guy. I'm basing this ba- uh, specifically off of this movie. Like he is the 
piece of shit liar know, but, but do you but need like, it because there's, there's he, a lot of other twists and stuff there going is on. but i thought that he was the plant right by her from the beginning from, yeah right so i was like oh okay so he's gonna come back later on and he's gonna like be driving a car that's gonna like yeah, fucking I mean, I suppose T-bone you could, somebody. Right. You could argue like, oh, that would be a good plan to like make everyone that think he's been, stupid and inept. But that would have been awesome. It would have been I think there should have been a scene where he like, you know, they end up going and the Russians get them and then he walks through the door and he basically <laughs> went to the Russians to tell them, listen, this is what they're doing. And that's how the Russians kind of knew Actually, this is what was going on with the case and uh, how they were able to get it, kind of. I but. think James kind of just, <laughs> just killed it right there, as usual. Oh, James, <laughs> once again. I mean, nine Bring nine heat. point plan, right? <laughs> you got to execute. Um, That's maybe five. it was just, maybe they just felt it was like would be one twist too many, or or it would get it would get too Mission Impossible. No, you got to twist this motherfucker up. Okay, yeah. twist after twist. Like Tom Cruise has to take a mask off. Right. <laughs> Robert De Niro takes his mask off at the end and he's Tom Cruise. Uh, yeah, exactly. And they're also, like, gotcha, this is Mission Impossible th- 2 at the here's time. Here's another yeah. question. Is Jean Renault the French Robert De Niro? I don't know. I mean... I, they both have weird faces. They both have weird faces. They both, I mean, they're both great actors. I, I think Jean Renault has like... He, he plays very differently than De Niro. Like, I'm not saying they're the same. I'm saying like, but is that the French De Niro? Oh, like you mean like level wise in terms of fame and in fame, whatever. but also just like mystery. Like Jean Reno shows up in your movie, you don't know what to do with him. Well, you don't know. Well, like you guys, you know, like is he going to stab them in the back? We have we have that sort of expectation, but then he, he doesn't. He's this like warm. Like sort of good guy. That's why he's like, like a loyal guy. He's yeah, a helpful that's guy. what I think about this movie is so interesting is that they don't use him in the way that we expect. Yeah, but then you think about him in the professional. He's kind of like that too. Like he's not a bad guy. He's a he's sort of an amoral character, but he you know he's actually do trying to do something good in the professional for somebody, even though he is a killer, right? Yeah, and De Niro's amoral in this movie. He's just like about keeping staying alive. And keeping people alive, like amoral, doesn't mean like that you don't want people to like. Well, yeah, he, live. Has, that, he has that conversation with the with the French guy that's a friend of Jean Reno's later when they go there to take the bullet out. Um, Jean Pierre, played by Michael Lonsdale. Well, that's the funny thing too. Did you guys notice three fucking actors in this have been bad guys in Bond movies? So you got Sean Bean is in Goldeneye. Oh, okay. Uh, Michael Lonsdale, who is that older French guy they go talk to, is the bad guy in Moonraker. And then Jonathan Price, Seamus, in this movie is a bad guy in like Tomorrow Never Dies or whatever. Is uh, that the Sparrow? He's the Irish guy, like the who's in charge yeah, of the whole thing. The, the Sparrow or whatever his name is from fucking Game of Thrones. Oh yeah, he was in Game of Thrones, wasn't he? Yeah. Um. So yeah, I just thought James's that was funny. Three different yeah. Bond actors, but James um, is uh. We sh- we didn't ask James about Game of Dragons or whatever the fuck the new. Show <laughs> I already is. told you that. <laughs> Um, I saw the stills, was not interested. Not interested. Mike, so Michael Lonsdale, when he's talking to him and he gives him the whole story about the Ronin and the whole like theme of like these uh, samurai that are have no, no master. 
and then he De Niro's character is like, oh well, they're fucking stupid because <laughs> you know it should be they should be looking out for themselves or whatever. Yeah, playing into what you're talking about, John. But should we talk about like the plot of like? Yeah, I mean, what so, is the plot of this movie? I mean, plot is they're after this MacGuffin. Yeah, it's a complete this, MacGuffin. It's a case. fucking it's it's Pulp Fiction. Yeah, Pulp it's Fiction. a briefcase with possible three with yeah. nothing in it. Yeah. Um, I think that's kind of fun. I like when they do stuff like that. Uh, I don't know. I like all the, like so. There, it's a team that's been assembled to try to steal this case. These Russian guys want it. We don't know what's in it. The Irish want it. These Irish terrorists, IRA people want it. So like, yeah, assuming, we're assuming it's some kind of bomb or, well, or it's something, a li- right? I think we think it's a list. Oh really? In a it's a list in a giant fucking metal case. I thought it was a list. Yeah, I, I don't know what I... I guess I just assumed it was some kind of weapon. Yeah, I assumed it was an explosive or a chemical weapon oh, or something. But it could be a list. I thought it was a list. I thought it was like a Mission Impossible knock list. They don't actually ever specify, and that's the whole thing, right? And like, I, to me, like, I, that's what I... I mean, it's kind of weird that this guy is just fucking <laughs> living it up with security around him. Like, what... I guess he's trying to sell the list, but like, why? Or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like, why would you expose yourself that much? I mean, it doesn't really make sense. I do like the concept that they never really tell you what is yeah, in that. Yeah, I, I think that's fun if you can pull it off. I mean, if they showed you, then you'd be like, ah, oh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's another bomb. Okay, yeah. great. Yeah, it doesn't, that, it that doesn't matter. Been... It just exists to drive the plot, right? Yeah, that would have been fucking lame. If it was like that's how many have we, movies have we seen where it's like okay it's okay it's a it's a list it's a it's a fucking disc it's a fucking bomb yeah. whatever yeah it doesn't matter or they just open it and it glows like in Pulp Fiction <laughs> right yeah I mean that's a good point where it's like does it even matter what the MacGuffin no. is no there's a team of people and they want to get it and these other people want to get it too and so they this fight. assembly <laughs> like, of the team though like from the get go it's like they do not. Like the the people that put the team together, it's like they do not know what the fuck they're doing. And Robert De Niro like can see right through everything. Yeah, like, like what what's in the case? Like you know how big is the case? Is it explosive? Is it, yeah, are, exactly. we, are we gonna have to get it off somebody's wrist that it's handcuffed? Yeah, and I think that's what. And he says like, what is this amateur hour kind of thing? Yeah, right? like, and, and I think like this is one of the last great De Niro performances. Yeah, he's he's fucking awesome, right? He's amazing. You, who, who uh, meet the fuckers. It's just always fun in these kind of movies to watch the guy that's like Two. he's the super competent guy. He's he's knows the questions to ask. He can handle himself. You know, he's cooler than everybody in the room. You just it, yeah. You're, you, it's just you like watching it. So it's my, fun to watch. Yeah. So I think that the the greatest thing about this film is that Robert De Niro is always trying to be in the background. Like, he's always trying to just be like, I'm not the focal point. I'm trying to just be a part of the background, but he can't to be a part point, of the background yeah. because he's fucking Robert De Niro. Well, he sw- he switches at one point, though, because after after the initial couple of things they do, like that gun deal, they they, they go to get some guns from uh, so some guys, well, buy some guns. That goes, about that that goes badly. I know, but I just want to say because he then sort Poor, of switches poorly. after that. Poorly. Yes, you're right. He badly. switches after that and he's like... That's a, badly is a James word. Yeah. <laughs> Real badly like. Goes bad. Uh, he 
he switches after that and he's like okay i i'll get you your fucking case but then i want a hundred thousand bucks so like he he kind of switches gears at that point where he's i like, really like that though he's like, i love okay, that clearly as- i have to take charge because these fucking idiots are not gonna get this job done and i think i love that escalation because i love de niro as being this like i'm just like, i'm here i have a job to complete like it's the opposite of who i am like de niro in this movie is just being like I'm just here to just fucking do this thing. De Niro is James. Like, James <laughs> is the guy who's, to me, All right. it, James, the, James is like a guy who's like... And I'm Jean Renault, so that means you're Champagne. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a poser. But, like, that, and I'm totally okay with that. Like, James is like, I'm here. I'm here to do this job. I'm not asking any questions. I'm not talking unless I have to talk. Like, I'm just here to do it. And I'm done. I'm completely confident in my abilities. Right. Mm-hmm. But he keeps getting pushed yeah. to go outside of that. And I mean, so we see that gun deal. Uh, something seems off about it. And then they, then they want them to go through this tunnel to, to the second car. And De Niro's like, no, why the fuck? Why the fuck would I go in there? Like, I mean, yeah, like I, I get it for the movie, but it is kind of obvious that like, why would you you bring the car? You only have part of the stuff, and then you're mm-hmm. like, "Oh, come with me into this tunnel." Yeah. It's kind of well, like yeah, to him, it is obvious. He's like, "Why would we do that?" Yeah, Sean it, Bean though is an idiot, and he's like, "No, come on, let's just finish this." And he's all bravado and wanting to pretend yeah, like yeah. he's a tough guy, and you know, you can see how nervous he is even to be like he wants to be the one to go. Okay, okay, give me the money. Yeah, like, he wants let's to just do it and get it over with. <laughs> he wants but, to prove that he's like a tough a tough guy, but he's not, right? Yeah, and De Niro's always kind of like hanging back in the cut, like just like. All right, I'm here. I'm going to do my thing when it has to happen, but it doesn't have to happen. And then all of a sudden he's like pushed to being a leader. He doesn't Mm. want to be a leader. He never wants to be a leader, but he wants to survive. And he also wants the money. Well, yes. But as we ultimately learn, it's not really about any of that stuff for him. He's actually after this Seamus guy, this terrorist guy. Um but that's like not revealed till the end of the movie. Um, Which I mean, I don't know how I really feel about that. To like be honest it. with you, I, I'm kind of like, ah, really, the fucking U.S. government again? <laughs> why can't? Right? Yeah, why can't he just be a lone wolf? Yeah, uh, yeah. I that would have been I better. Think, I mean, it would have. I want him to more fight to the, movie the establishment. Title, right? Yeah. Well, I want more. I just want more of that. I want more like just like. He's a lone wolf. He's like doing his own thing for his own reasons, and he got tied up in this. And yeah, then but he instead we th- find out like no, he is actually specifically here. The whole reason he's here is to catch this guy. Yeah, but that kind of sucks because that makes me not like him as much. Yeah, um, I mean James. Yeah, no, loves I hear what you're saying because mm-hmm. James mm-hmm. loves America. James loves a cog in the machine. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, James is We all like, have a role to play, John. Yeah, James is like Do you know what your role is? <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah, that's it's your obvious. Problem. It's your role obvious. And shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I hear what you guys are saying. It would be more fun if he truly was a lone wolf. I mean, the the title of the movie, that's the whole suggestion is that he is he's gone out on his own. He's left whole... he's left the CIA. Yeah. He's like now Yeah, he's of just... course. They have a whole fucking diorama conversation about mm. this shit mm-hmm. 
It's like it doesn't make any sense. Like it completely upends the point of the movie. Yeah. By having him being a part of the fucking CIA, it's stupid. It's a, it's just it's one like twist too too far. Fucking like, Frankenheimer loves it. cops. <laughs> oh really? Well, apparently, oh, really? according oh, really? to this movie, I didn't know that. Um, just like James. so, my score is going down. James loves I cops. Did, so I did read up. some stuff yeah. about uh, different endings that they had for the movie, and how audiences didn't one audi- one thing they didn't like because it was too nice because they had like her come back to that bar at the end where they were and stuff. That would be stupid. It would be. And he was glad that they didn't like that, but the studio had wanted it and stuff. Fucking studio, Um, man. So I'm not sure that the movie turned out exactly the way he wanted because he said, ultimately, you know, I'm responsible to whatever studio it was. I can't remember now. I I get that. I think the older I get, the more I realize, like, these people are beholden to the people who paid for the They're the ones who paid for the movie, movie. so I have to deliver something that that they... That Except. makes total sense. Mm-hmm. Like, um, when I think about the people who made, like, um, fucking Pirates of the Caribbean, it's like, yeah, you made a perfect fucking movie that's, like, a advertisement. <laughs> it works for, like, the ride. Right. It's a great vehicle for stars. Like, that's a perfect fucking movie, right? But when it comes to something like this, I'm a little bit more, like... Did you have to carry water for the CIA? <laughs> like, is that? I think like, it was at really? a time too when when these movies were coming out. We were a little more just like, okay, cool, whatever. Like, we didn't really give a shit about any of this like geopolitical kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So we were just like, oh yeah, cool, fun movie, whatever. USA. Yeah, we, weren't, we didn't care as much <laughs> if the wins. CIA was like <laughs> deeply involved <laughs> yeah. in the plot. Right. I mean, it happened all the time, right? Um, but. I think for the most part, I, I don't think it's a perfect movie by any means. I think for the most part, it works for me as an action thriller with like fun characters, fun set pieces. I actually think the action's pretty good. I like the, I love the part where they ambush the guys and De Niro just like steps out of the car and fires a fucking grenade launcher. There's like no hesitation. Yeah. Like he just yeah. fires the grenade launcher and they don't even give a shit about like people in the background. Like there's people in that little grocery mart that are just getting tore up. <laughs> By bullets. Well, that tracks for the CIA, though. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. We are also <laughs> talking about another dumb gun movie. Oh, what's the dumb gun? The grenade launcher? Come on, we got Sean. a couple. It's we just got an a, actual gun. We got a couple <laughs> stupid fucking weapons here. They're not dumb guns just because you don't understand. When Skarsgård. When Skarsgård. Just because you don't own a bazooka yeah, that you take no, to the no. range. Skarsgård's <laughs> got that fucking pistol. Yeah, it's, it's a target pistol. It's like a special With target pistol thing. Yeah, that's like Tango and Cash style. Yeah, yeah, that's it's what that stupid. is. With the laser. I mean, these are real guns. They're not like made Shut up, up for the movie. Some. Yeah, <laughs> I don't give a fuck. They're stupid guns. Those are stupid. I don't like that stupid gun. It looks like the Nintendo gun. <laughs> it's a dumb gun for practice. People aren't okay. Cops don't have fucking what? Would, what did you say? Yeah, cops don't have no, fucking no, rocket launchers. Like, like a no, no, target. No, no. no, no. Dustin, what did you say? You said, I, I, I mentioned the gun, and then you're like, yeah, people have that gun for... For, for like target practice. Target practice. Yeah, it's, it's, it is specifically yeah. a target yeah. pistol. People don't have that in real life. Yeah, but these guys are not in real life. These are like international fucking... Like Men of mystery. Spies and robbers and... Yeah, people in real life who are spies and robbers don't have target guns how do you know how, <laughs> how many do you, do you know? know they do 
Well, I mean, they have sniper rifles, Wait, right? Are you, does, does this mean you didn't like Lance Henriksen's single-shot handgun in Hard Target that he used all the time? Because that was awesome. Why don't you listen back? <laughs> I'll have to. No, I didn't. I'll have to, to get to the bottom of this. Because they're stupid. <laughs> because you're talking, because they're not practical. Well, the target practice pistol was practical for his purposes at that moment where he was going to assassinate a little Why girl. are you trying to carry water for big gun? <laughs> I mean, I thought that scene was kind of funny. It's yeah, like he's just going to shoot. He's just going to shoot a little girl. Yeah, And then he gets his shit and like knocked out. Like yeah. really simply being like, hey, look over there. Bank. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I have the gun, dum dum. I mean, if it was me, the girl would have died for sure. <laughs> you wouldn't have missed that shot. No. Well, no. If I was making the movie, oh, the girl has to die. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, even that's, better. That's a, that's a hard sell for the studio. I've listened, I've listened to James talk a lot. That guy wants to kill kids. <laughs> that guy. I'm wants thinking back to, to the Carpenter's so assault kids. on Precinct 13, and the little girl gets shot eating the ice cream. Holy moly. Um, uh, uh, yeah, fantastic, fantastic. But he snuck it back in. They like made him cut it. <laughs> uh, what do you think of the uh, figure skater that gets killed? Gets got on the ice. So this is an interesting <laughs> thing because so, so what's your? I don't know what you guys' memories of this movie. Pro are. killing figure skaters. Absolutely. So <laughs> I remember Especially this movie as being like very very heavily race cars. Race cars. Like cars, like a car chases and stuff like that. Yeah. This movie? Yeah. You remember being, being heavily car oh, okay. chases. Um, and I remember like all like the final scene in my brain was like they're like racing around some type of. Well, arena. you get a you get a very large car chase sequence before the actual. Yeah. I, ending of the movie. I completely forgot about the fact that there is a fucking figure skating. dynamic. Right. They figure this. out that the case that's been used that they're after is like an ice skate case. Or completely whatever. unnecessary. <laughs> this is stupid. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it is. This is fucking stupid. Well, I'd be interesting to know who wrote what part of the script because because it was written by this. I feel like you wrote this part of the script because oh, okay. it's you. horrible. I mean, nobody's that into figure skating, um, but I guess in Russia, you. I guess in Russia, that, yeah, it would be. Well, James. people the people are actually though, like you know, they James, go they fill up think, stadiums to watch that. Do shit. you think that maybe doesn't wrote this part? Well, yeah, of course. Uh, this guy he's JD Elvis Stoiko fan over here. The fucking Elvis over here. Don't you say anything about my Elvis. Uh, <laughs> J.D. Zyke wrote this, the initial script, but then they hired Mamet to come in and fucking... pretty fucking weird pump thing. It, punch it up. That's a pretty fucking... Those are weird names for you to pull so quickly. Figure skating fuck. <laughs> I'm talking about the screenplay. Yeah, you love triple so, axles. So, David Mamet rewrote it, I guess, and I guess he changed it a lot, And then, but then the studio was like, oh, we're still going to put J.D. Zyke's name first. So Mamet rewrote And so then Mamet was like, fine, take my name off the movie then. So Mamet rewrote this. So when you watch the opening credits, his name isn't there. There's a fake, there's like a fake name. Yeah. So. Oh, really? But Mamet rewrote this and was like, let's double down on figure skating. (laughs) This is important. (laughs) Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't know which parts he wrote and which parts he wrote. Also, so they go from France to Italy to France again. Uh, yeah, is that did they end up back in France? I guess they do, right? Um, the f- well, the final. Well, stuff I think the takes, Russians are there. Yeah, it takes mm-hmm. place in France, though. 
I don't know. They uh, obviously, they needed something for the Russians to do, and they needed a crowd. So, I mean, I think it's kind of you know it shows you like, oh, this guy's super cold blooded because we see the scene earlier where he's this is his like young girlfriend, I guess that's a figure skater, and he's right. gonna let her die because Stellan Skarsgård is like holding him up and being like, hey, if you don't give me the money and let me walk out of here, I thought that was kind of like, yeah, I guess. I mean, it's it's nothing amazing, but it's like it's, yeah, it's but kind of standard know, spy you, stuff. I mean, you know, the Russians gonna be like, yeah, okay, kill her. I don't care. <laughs> if she was in the room, he would have shot her. Yeah, we've right. done thirty right? years of this. I mean, we have perspective, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I guess the nineties were like a different time. Man, I wish I could go back. Yeah, they were the nineties. <laughs> Man, the nineties were rad. They're pretty good. So many the good 90s comedies. So pretty good. Oh man, if we go back to the ni- ninety nine, that's when we peaked. Everything was like <laughs> we chill. had limp, we had limp biscuit. Oh, <laughs> everything limp biscuit. was everything was chill in the nineties. People weren't upset. <laughs> Nobody was that angry. Like, um, the late nineties were just like. I'm pretty sure people were upset. <laughs> like the IRA, for example. Well, the IRA apparently they was were like, upset. Well, that was ninety. That was ninety eight. Um, but let's talk about the car chases because James apparently didn't think they were that great. Well, I'm kind of just blanking. I think the car chases in this movie, I think they're pretty awesome, be, especially yeah. the larger, like later one in the movie. Yeah, they can be put up with any like this, this like is one of the bullet? the greatest car yeah. chase movies of all really? time. Yeah, I think these ones really stand out for me, especially that big one. Like, I don't know, I was I was into it, especially uh, you know, I've seen the movie it. a few times, yeah. and I was like, damn, like. The, the way they're weaving in and out of the traffic, the way it's shot, like it actually has an intensity to it where like it feels like an you know crazy accident can happen at any moment. Um, the I, yeah, the one thing I, I love d- the I love the front shot, you know, the shots yeah. from the front of the car. Yeah. That I do really like movies that are older. That you get the when you get a car crash, you get that clunkiness of crashes. Yeah. Um, they don't all just like explode instantly. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so it feels real when they're like banging into each other. Uh, I think the car chases also just have a bit more weight because it feels like it's dangerous for the people that are around it. For sure. Yeah. Um, which is, uh, <laughs> people, I think people get taken out. Yeah. Which is, I think, I think that is a thing that we've kind of gone away from in modern car chases. Like everything seems a little bit too safe. Yeah. It's almost like there's a balance. Cause remember we did bad boys two a while back and there's like, it was just like whoever, anyone dying constantly because there's all these cars exploding and like, um, just like it was like over the top. Yeah, well, like ambulance. Yeah, like ambulances like, like that too. All, right? the, all <laughs> those, all <laughs> those cops, cop cars. Like they're trying to keep the guy alive in the ambulance. Meanwhile, but they're killing feel, all these cops. You don't feel like you care about like what the stakes of that. Whereas in this movie, I feel like hey, I'm I'm plugged in. I'm like I'm with this car chase. I feel like. People could get hurt. I feel like the characters can. And get hurt. I think that that weighs so heavily upon like how you rate the movie, being like that there is like consequences for things. Um, and this movie does feel like there are consequences, like um, when it comes to the car chases, but also when it comes to just like the random acts of violence. Like there are innocent people who are shot, who, who, yeah. who do die. It's sloppy. There's, there's I don't collateral. Yeah. yeah. I don't think that is like well done necessarily in a lot of ways. Like I feel like it could be done more like subtly 
or more like impactfully. But I there, there is like there is this chance of like violence happens to everybody all the time in this film. Well, actually, that's why I like it. Like we talked about those people that get killed, shot up in the background in the market. They're not concerned about those people. They're it's concerned just about so their mission. Normalized, right? right. Like, it's like the, those just, people dying, collateral. Means that just happens. Fucking nothing. Right. We I need just, to get the case. If these people get shot, you know, that's even too bad. as a like we're audience, not gonna, we're not going to we're not going to do it in a way that we intend for yeah. it to happen. Even as an yeah. audience member, I'm just like, you know what? It's all about the case. <laughs> Got to get yeah, that case. Yeah, and I think there's something to actually appreciate about like that in a film where they're like. Well, no, we're not actually that interested in any of those people's stories. What you're focused on right now is you're focused on, like, this and this much bigger. It has, like, those random people dying don't have any consequence when it comes to, like, what we're actually dealing with. Like, when, Dustin, when you were talking earlier about what's in the briefcase, Mm -hmm. like, there's more consequence in, like, more people dying because of what's in the briefcase. Yeah, I mean, you then, definitely get the impression that whatever's in there isn't good, right? It's like yeah. something, it's gonna, something that's going to cause bad things to happen. So if if 30 people die... Then whatever. We then whatever. Them. That mm-hmm. doesn't matter because we're preventing 3,000 people from dying or 3 million people from dying. Like, that's right. kind yeah, of what they're going is. for. Yeah, that's the U.S. <laughs> it's the way it is. You got to toe the line. It's like the, in Die Hard when they're like the FBI guys on the chopper. He's like, I figure we, uh, you know, we lose 20, 30 yeah. percent of the hostages. I can live with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's why like a show like The Boys is so good because it makes you think about, you know, the people that right. die. It's, they're not just background. A, yeah. Yeah. Kind of flips that. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think you're totally right. Like that flips it to be like more looking at like the victims of that death. Mm-hmm. As in, like those are human beings, yeah. whereas this movie is still stuck in the fact that like, they're like, "Well, I'm gonna kill them," yeah, because it is gonna protect whoever. It's like that chicken in Expendables Two, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. No, like, what the fuck did that chicken yeah, do? Speak on that. <laughs> they just fucking threw him out of the back of that truck. It wasn't fair to that chicken. Hell no. Um. Yeah, so I like I actually like almost all the action in the movie. I really like the car chases. I think the gunplay stuff is pretty good. What action don't you like? Uh, I think the ending is a little weak. Like the actual ending where they chase Seamus, you know, through the crowd, whatever, that's fine. But then, you know, just like the way that it plays out at the end where, okay, Jean Reno takes a couple bullets, he's down, so De Niro chases Seamus in, back into the stadium. And then Seamus just easily gets the drop on him and shoots him and is about to kill him, and then, bang, Jean Renault shoots him in the back from up above on some sort of platform or whatever. It's not. It's just not a very... That's weak. Yeah, it's feels, it doesn't feel big enough, right, or, or smooth enough or something. Like, there's something kind of clunky about it. Also, more people in that crowd should die, personally. <laughs> but, I mean, if you're the bad guy trying to get away, why not just mow people down? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's true. He, I mean, he shoots the Russian guys to steal the case, right? And then he doesn't. Uh, yeah, he doesn't kill anyone in the in the attempts to get away after that. Really, it just feels kind of like anticlimactic after everything. Like the car chase was way more of a high point before that, right? Um, so it's kind of a whimper to go out on. Note. I get that. Yeah. 
I mean, you have to wrap it up somehow, but it feels like that could have somehow been what he should have done is he should have put on some skates and headed out onto the oh, ice. Oh, hell yeah. I, <laughs> De Niro has to chase him on skates. <laughs> on skates. Yeah. I, I haven't laced up in years. I think this Not whole, since I played for the Minnesota, whatever. <laughs> I think the whole, like. It's my college days. I think the whole um, figure skating subplot is like kind of st- really stupid. Like it doesn't make yeah, any it doesn't sense. Necessarily, it and doesn't then they have to play hockey with the case. <laughs> <laughs> I wish they played hockey with a skull. Oh yes, Jean Reno's skull. <laughs> the the ice skating thing. I mean, you could you could easily lose it. Like. You know, the sniper shooting her, it's just kind of like, okay, I guess. Sure. I like. I mean, it, it creates the crowd chaos, right? Which allows for this I guess. scene with Seamus trying to escape through the crowd. You, you know, stuff. what else would do that if he just mowed people down? Yeah. Right? True. Like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Um, I, you know, it's it's a case, I think, of them trying to have like a little bit more spy kind of feeling stuff going on in the movie. Oh, there's going to be a, an assassination. Which is super weird, though, because this isn't a spy movie. Yeah, but it, it is, kind of. Like, De Niro is a spy. Yeah, like, but he shouldn't be. But you're <laughs> right. You're talking about like a huge plot hole. But there is a bunch of spy craft. Like, we find out, you know, Stellan Skarsgård is this ex KGB guy. He's had dealings with these Russians. There's yeah, all you this know kinda... he's the bad guy right after good. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's pretty obvious. Although I did, you know, like you, I was think, trying to remember, like, oh, does she, Sean Bean come back? I, his... I could have sworn he came back, but. Yeah, um, I was waiting for it. Very yeah. odd that he didn't. Yeah, I mean, maybe he they're playing with expectations. Back. I agree with James. Because he'd already been the villain in Goldeneye at this point. So, like, maybe they're kind of playing with your expectation of that, of you're, you're waiting for him to show up and yeah. he doesn't kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Overall, I do like it. Definitely not, you know, without flaws. But was this, I, was this like, well-received, this oh, movie? Yeah, yeah. Yes. It was well-liked at the time. And, yeah, it, like, and it's Frankenheimer's last good movie. Why, yeah. why didn't they come up with the sequel? They could have easily come up with the sequel. I have no idea about that. Yeah, I don't know what kind of, like, box office numbers it did, but I remember it being well-liked by audiences and uh, and critics at the time. I know that everybody that I was friends with loved this movie. Like, every guy loved this movie. Like, this is a film It's a dude I, movie, right? Like, yeah. you don't have a ton of character development. It's just enough to be like, I like these dudes. And then you like, you know, they, well, and, and, they're in this situation. They're trying to get this thing. And, and De Niro is like super cool as like this like tough guy who doesn't say a lot, but he like talks through his like um, interactions with other people. You know, I like, mean, I agree with you, but I also don't agree with you. He's like, looking at you, Dustin, not me. Like it, it is a like. It's it's a fun movie. He's like cool, collective, you know, all this stuff. But it's like, eh, I De, don't know. There's something missing. De Niro is so fucking cool in this movie, I, and I get it. But it's like just every time. What's missing for you? Because to me, it's just I don't know. it's just a fun, like crime action thriller thing. Like I like it. It's just smart enough. It's not super smart, but it's just smart enough to not be like a, a common. Blow them up action movie. Like the characters are good. The actors I playing the characters are good. I think that might be my problem. It's not, it's either not smart enough 
Or it's not dumb enough. <laughs> okay. It's in the middle. It's in some middle ground. Yeah, you don't I, care for. I think I agree with Dustin. Like it's it rides that line so hard, and we have De Niro, who I think like really pulls off being cool. Yeah, I mean, oh, I, yeah, think, I, think I mean, he's I think cool, everyone is awesome in this. Like Jean Reno is great. Jean Reno, Sean is Bean is great. So good. Stellan Skarsgård, you know, like they're all Skarsgård's terrifying. Actually, like that guy has a definitely like, he has a vibe. Where he's like, he's a scary dude. Where I'm like, oh, Yeah, there's something kill? creepy about him, right? Like, Skarsgård <laughs> might be in my dreams. And that's why his son is Pennywise, right? Yeah, like Skarsgård. <laughs> one of his sons the hot one, and one of his sons is Pennywise. Yeah, Skarsgård's <laughs> a dream stealer. Like, he just like comes into your mind at night and just like steals your like hopes. I don't know. I just think like, and maybe it's just because... I've seen so many movies like since this came out where maybe they're playing on some of these same tropes. For sure. It's just, it's very tropey, but like obvious tropes that it just is kind of. Yeah, but I, I you think can some, kind of, of some see, of that is hindsight, right? Yeah, and that's the thing. I think it's just hindsight. Yeah. Like I never, it was never really a big movie when it came out. Uh, when I did watch it for the first time, I thought, eh, okay. I wasn't like, Mm-hmm. You weren't blown away. With it. Blown away. I had it on VHS. Watched it many times. <laughs> I never owned this. Yeah. So I didn't uh, have this for Jamesy to watch. No. Uh, well, let's guy. let's get instead James watched Idle Hands over and over <laughs> and over again. Oh no! See, I never watched that. No. No. Oh wow! Wow! Mallrats? Wowzer! Mallrats! Yeah. yeah. Well, let's look at uh, let's look at the ratings here. What we gave it. See where it ends up. This is my movie. I uh, overall I gave it a seven. Sorry, uh, an eight is my reaction, and I gave it, overall it's a seven. And for me, I my reaction was an eight. My overall score is a seven point six. I actually think I'm going to change one. I'm, I'm going to lower. Oh Ooh, shit! To this guy. That's the worst thing you can hear. Yeah. <laughs> You're John Frankenheimer. He's Not low enough for James. Is it Frankenheimer's Sorry. ghost is hearing this? <laughs> uh, so my... Oh my God, it went down to six... Oh, I didn't want to say so, it. <laughs> I so didn't want to say My personal it, reaction is a six. Overall, 6.4. Okay, where does this end up? So this is a seven overall... So that's tied with two other films. Funny enough, 54, The Bourne Identity. Oh, wow. I thought that was something weird like this ever, always happens like every time. We... Yeah, and Dog Soldiers. Okay. This is right behind Snowpiercer and right ahead of Lethal Weapon. Interesting. Yeah, Lethal Weapon we, we have pretty low on there. Um, so... Sorry, the movies that we're actually up against here are... The Born Identity Identity at 54 and and Dog Dog Soldiers at 55. Ah, That is interesting. I guess I would put it between them probably. I like Dog Soldiers quite a bit, but I think this is probably overall a better made movie. Um, I think Born Identity is maybe a little slicker when it came to this sort of thing. It could build, it built off of something like this to sort of... Stand up and walk out. <laughs> the uh, born identity. So I guess I'd put it in the middle. Uh, I'm putting this definitely behind the born identity, but above dog soldiers. 
Yeah, I mean, Dog Soldiers, I really like the like werewolf. Yeah, it's a fun movie. Like, oh, it's yeah, a yeah, fun yeah. movie. I don't want to take anything away from um, Dog Soldiers. And obviously Dog Soldiers is also like a much lower budget than something like Ronin. Yeah, like Dog Soldiers is punching way above its weight. Yeah, for sure. You know, not that it matters, but I probably would watch Dog Soldiers before I watch Ronin again. So I would put it behind Dog Soldiers. But okay. not that it matters. So it's the new number 55. There you go. I think it's pretty fucking fair. Yeah, it is. And I I mean, I had a lot of fun watching it. It had been quite some time since I'd seen it. So I, I really enjoyed watching it again this time. Hell yeah. Definitely some stuff like we talked about that you could tweak to make it better. But that's almost always the case. Um, it's a fun fucking movie. Like, definitely watch it. Especially to see genre no not be a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I mean... Again, I think the car chases are really well staged. The car chases are sick but. in this movie. De Niro, I think, is really, Super really fun. good. Yeah. Sean Bean is Sean Bean's so fun awesome. He's just such a wiener. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, I, 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 this is a great, it's a great movie. I mean, like, we've watched enough movies that, like, even the top 100 is hard to quibble with. And, yeah. like, we're, we're pretty much close to the top 50, yeah, How, it's just outside. Yeah, so is if you said Ronin is not it's it, it, it's in the top sixty of the greatest action movies of all time. Are is anybody as gonna, is definitively decided by our list? But is yeah. is any is anybody going to be really mad at you? No, I don't think so. I mean, it's, it probably has its hardcore fans. I'd be like, no, it's way better than that, and, and whatever. But, but what I'm saying is, I like, don't think I would have ever thought of it and put it on my top one hundred. No, and that's but, totally fair. But what I'm saying is that, like, it's not ridiculous. No, not at all. So. Alrighty. John? <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. We really, really appreciate you. We are on the BFOP uh, network. Um, check us out on Instagram, on Facebook, on... Letterbox. Letterbox, which is the most important thing. And we'll see you next week. Guys, guys.